Neil had said matter-of-factly, sipping his morning coffee. It will be easier for the nights I'm on call. It was hard to argue with his logic, and his stoic logic had always been one of his more attractive traits, but it still seemed... wrong. If they were unifying their lives in other ways, why keep separate places? And she knew how it would seem to everyone else. But the money... The mortgage on my condo is more than covered by my salary, and the neighborhood is up and coming, he had said, his eyes still glued on his newspaper. If I hold on to it for another five years, there's a chance it will double in value. It makes financial sense to keep it. At the time, she'd wanted to point out that he could rent it, and anyway, her condo was only 20 minutes from the hospital. He'd already vehemently nixed the idea of sharing his place. According to Neil, the loft was a bachelor pad, and they needed to have a home worthy of entertaining their friends and colleagues, not that they were known for their dinner parties. But pointing out those facts would have only instigated an argument, and one of the best parts of their relationship was that they rarely argued. Her job was taxing and full of dissent. When she came home, she coveted peace, and if she were truly honest with herself— A small part of her approved of the living arrangements. Now that he was staying at her apartment on a more consistent basis, she'd begun to find his presence surprisingly suffocating, and his previously cute quirks, like the precise way he chewed his food, or how he had to have the remote control positioned a very exact way on the coffee table, irritating as hell. But that was normal. As a divorce attorney, she knew better than to expect that marriage would be a roller coaster of excitement. In fact, if she'd learned anything from her work, it was this. The couples who ended up divorcing after just a year or two were usually the ones who'd been head over heels, drawing hearts on everything in love when they approached the altar. Megan's delirious happiness aside, there was no such thing as true love. If there were, she would still be with Garrett Lowry. She clanked her now empty glass on the bar to get the bartender's attention. Another, please? He shot her a grin as he poured her drink. Must have been some kind of Monday. She grabbed the glass out of his hands. You have no idea. The deposition had run nearly two hours longer than planned, and she'd barely made it to LAX in time to catch her plane. Her feeling of relief had been short-lived. The severe turbulence had convinced her and most of the other passengers that they were about to meet their maker. By the time they landed in Phoenix, many of the connecting flights had been canceled or delayed, and Blair discovered she was stuck overnight in Arizona. The airline had sent her to this hotel, but there had been a problem at the check-in desk. Half her whiskey was gone before she realized it. There were so many things she needed to do in Kansas City, and she wouldn't get back until at least mid-morning, which meant she'd have to rush to get to her morning deposition— To make matters worse, the damn airline hadn't even confirmed her on the 6 a.m. flight. They'd only made a vague promise to text her around 4 in the morning to confirm if she had a ticket. So now she was well on her way to getting drunk in the bar of an embassy suites, playing another round of, This is your life, Blair Ann Myers Hansen, and she wasn't too happy with what she saw. Practical, pragmatic, sensible Blair wanted a heart-stopping, butterflies-in-her-stomach kind of love. All that turbulence must have rattled her brains. But she couldn't deny the fact that she'd been thinking of Garrett a lot over the last two months, much more than the asshole deserved. Truth be told, 
He was the only man she'd ever loved. And look how that had turned out. Five years later, she could finally admit to the role she'd played in their breakup, but that didn't make it suck any less. The rift had formed the night Blair had received word of her estranged father's death. Rather than share the news with Garrett when he came over, she had lashed out at him, picking a fight over some nitpicky complaint. Anger had always been her go-to reaction, and Garrett had weathered many a storm. But that night, he'd responded with a fire equal to her own. The fight had spiraled out of control, and before she realized what was happening, Garrett had packed the toiletries and clothes he kept at her apartment into a duffel bag, and then he was gone. She had spent the next day drowning in an emotional fog of dismay, grief, and loss, and even skipping classes, something she never did. After hours of stewing in her turbulent emotions,